0: In securing a location, there's a lot of things that come to mind, like the landlord, the broker, the city, uh, the construction. Like we we didn't even go into talking about the construction and the build out, Mm -hmm. right? (coughs) Excuse me, but then you gotta think about, as my doors open, how do I open with 50, 60, 100, 150, paying clients well you know that's the launch program and though so that's what we do so you have a passion for fitness and the desire to start your own business but launching a massively successful fitness business is extremely complex the systems operations hiring firing coaching sales and marketing are critical to success where do you even start this show will give you the answers here is Bedros Koulian and Bryce Henson your hosts of the fitness franchise podcast a show dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs launch and grow successful gyms.
1: Hey, friends, welcome back to another amazing episode of the Fitness Franchise Podcast here in studio with my man, B. Yep. And uh, this episode, we are giving some guidance on securing a location. And I feel um, at Fit Body Boot we've launched hundreds of them uh, in, in North America and beyond. And uh, I know you've done the same. I've launched mm-hmm. five locations personally, so have some authority and insight and really want to provide some guidance. So, yeah. I mean, finding, finding the right location for your gym is so important pool. because
0: um, if you don't, you kind of end up working against like weird traffic patterns, or you end up in some weird light industrial or industrial complex that people are kind of sketched out about visiting. And so the right location does make a big difference. And I think uh, to be able to share this with people who are maybe starting to think about opening up a gym, like where should I open up in my in my community? This is going to help you out, out, out a lot this
1: episode. Oh, totally. And what's the famous adage like location, location, location? That's it. Uh, so here we go. Um, so we have uh, a few different steps in the process that we've kind of uh, storyboarded out. And the first one is identifying a territory. You need to know what area and geographic region you're, you're entering in. So I'm going to get, kind of give some visibility on that and also present a solution that we have uh, you know for our franchisees through the process. But first and foremost, you're looking for a prime real t- real t- uh, retail space, you know, in, in the area and typically, you know, ideally cl- relatively close to, you know, the area that you live. So you kind of know the, the area ins and outs. Uh, you certainly are looking for good visibility. Um, but, you know, if you're strong at marketing as well, that marketing can bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're looking for demographics and uh, f- uh, f- psychographics, uh, f- if I can get that out right. And uh, really what we're looking for, you know, at our locations. From a demographic perspective, most of our clients are women, uh, about seventy percent plus, but we still have men as well. And uh, from a population density perspective, uh, we're looking for at least eight thousand people in the area, um, upwards of thirty or forty thousand to really, you know, uh, have a successful facility. Let me touch on that
0: for a moment. You know, when when you first hear like, wow, eight thousand to thirty thousand people, is that is that enough? It is more than enough if it's 8,000 to 30,000 of the right people. And Mm so kind of taking a step back or two with what you shared, I think it's important to kind of highlight the fact that just because you're in love with a specific area or town or city, that might be the town or city that you live in or one that might be an hour away. If it doesn't have the right demographics and psychographics, in other words, the right avatar, your, your client avatar does not live there, um, then you might be in a place like for example I can't imagine a high-end jewelry like Jared's jewelry uh, shops opening up in a university town where you know people are typically broke right because they're just not going to be able to sustain the traffic to be able to make the income they want they will go to more kind of areas of the country or or at least a community where there's old money, there's people who are established, there are working communities, Mm there are people who are fluent, and well, guess what, you know, weddings and anniversaries and birthdays come by and you're probably gonna buy jewelry. The same thing for fitness. If a $10 a month gym might be able to do well in a community where, you know, it's broke college students, but a 147, 157, even $99 and up uh, per month gym is not going to be able to operate in, a f- in an area where people, want are transient because mm-hmm. you might only be there going for a semester for maybe a couple years, or maybe you only have a limited income because you're on a fixed budget because you're a student. You're and school. so yeah. really scoping out where you want to be, the demographic, psychographics, is super important in addition to, you know, that it's a commercial storefront and not maybe a hidden uh, light industrial or something.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, great point there, B. And uh, one of the other uh, metrics we have within step one is you know identifying a, a good local broker, and that's certainly important and be helpful. Um, but you also have to realize that you know the broker uh, they're getting paid a commission to get you in that space, and sometimes you know they might not be totally incentivized or you know have your best interest at heart uh, just to put you in any space. So you know while it's important and you, you really should be looking for someone that's trustworthy, um, you also want to. keep Keep that in mind in, in your in your search process, which really leads me to, to next point. You know, within this is proprietary to Fit Body Bootcamp and the value of our franchise system uh, is we've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars at uh, you know ultimately an AI you know territory solution. So we have a very comprehensive map that looks at consumer behavior, those demographics, those psychographics, uh, identifies traffic flow, uh, creates comparisons for other retail shops, and uh, really has a lot of the AI ingenuity that we're looking at data and. I know that's you know a very high level it's you know typically out of reach for the average mom and pop you know facility and I think there's there's a huge value there and and the last point on that you know b- b- Bullet point number one is not only do we have the AI technology, but we have a territory mapping team who specializes in this day yeah. in and day out, looking at traffic patterns, working with the technology, and just you know, again, uh, this is their specialization. So there's huge, huge value in that component. Which again, you know, the first step is identifying that territory. Yeah. And and you know that's the beautiful thing about it, right? When we when you're working with
0: great territory planning or finding developing software like uh, like the 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 platform that we have that uses a lot of AI, artificial intelligence to take all this data in, and then go, all right, we can tell who the average avatar is in this town, how much money they spend, what kind of businesses they go to, what kind of flow in traffic there is. And then you have boots on the ground, whether it's a great commercial broker mm-hmm. uh, who's gonna help you find a location. And you do want a commercial broker, not a kind of a home real estate agent because it's, you know, you're looking for a commercial space. Um, and then of course you've got your own boots on the ground, your, your own life experience. So if you live in that town, in that community, you might be like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I do know that most people like to kind of live in this area of the community because it's safer, the homes are newer, and they have more discretionary income. All those things we kind of take into kind of factor as we're kind of doling out a territory for a Fit Body Boot Camp franchise. <clears throat> so, again, as Bryce said, it does kind of seem like very high level and complex, but this is how you're almost able to... Predict success with a business, and that you kind of
1: root yourself in the right place from the get-go. You're there, right? Yeah. And that brick-and-mortar, you know, business model is so important to make mm-hmm. sure that you have the location. And you know, speaking for myself, but uh, my first location at Fit Body, we, you know, signed the lease in 2012, and you know, what is it, 2021 already? So going on 10 years. But if it wasn't for the proper diligence, you know, it would. I would be in a fight, fighting an uphill battle. So yeah, that's that's true. Cool. So that's, uh, you know, overarching the first step, right? Um, You know, the second step, and this is again, you know, uh, looking for a broker is important, so you have to do your diligence. And uh, we shot an episode actually with my broker, John Garvey, who's actually gotten me specifically into a handful of spots. Uh, So there's some good knowledge there we'll have to link to. Uh, But really, the next step is once you find a territory and really a building, um, now you're looking at, you know, the leather intent, putting in, um, you know, what we call an LOI. And that's not binding, um, but it's really just expressing interest. Really, you know, from the type of facility that we're looking for, typically about 3,000 square foot in nature, um, has you know, more than 2,000 foot square feet of open you know, flooring space so that way you can train your clients with some nice reception, high upscale you know, kind of look and feel to it. And of course, office space where you can sit down with your clients, do strategy sessions and really coach them, mentor them and sign them up as members. So that, you know, creating that letter of intent is really the next step.
0: Yeah, and, and I do really want to stress, and if you're a brand new person, too, and you're like, hey, I'm really exploring the idea of opening up a gym, so I'm so new to this, and I think I found the right place, and they're asking me to look at this letter of intent and sign it, you know, sign away, because a letter of intent is literally, here's how I describe it. Imagine if I got an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, and you have this space that you want to lease. And I'm the guy that wants to open up a gym. And we just start spitballing on that eight and a half by 11. And it's like, I'm I'm saying, look, um, I want to do a three year lease. You're like, no, I'm thinking a five year lease. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, well, look, you know, I want to pay whatever, $2.10 per square foot, including triple net. Triple net is that parking lot cleanup fee. You might also know it as cams. Um, And you're like, no, as a landlord, um, I'll take actually two dollars and 50 cents a square foot. And so it's like this document that goes back and forth between you and the landlord that, or the landlord's broker, that everyone puts their input in, the landlord and the potential leasee. And once everyone looks at it and goes, all right, hey, I'm good with this. And then the landlord will take that LOI and turn it into an actual lease agreement that is multi-pages big. Um, I, I I do think we need to kind of touch on maybe a few things that you ought to put into a letter of intent that will help you in the long run. For example, the um noise issue uh-huh. look if you're a gym you're gonna play music and uh-huh. if you're playing music you're probably gonna piss off the neighbors to your left to your right uh-huh. so you want to put something in there that says look um this is a decibel that we're not gonna exceed. Uh, And once the landlord signs off on that, whatever the decibel rating might be, you might wanna just go get a little decibel reader, it's not that expensive at all, uh, from a music store, and then play the music as loud as you think it's gonna be, and all right, you hear that? Yes, well that's, whatever, 28 decibels. Great, we're not gonna exceed that, fantastic. And the landlord signs off on it, now when the neighbors complain, the landlord's not gonna be like, hey, you gotta go. Mm -hmm. Because you're in a position where you're like, look, you signed off on it, which means now, as the landlord, you might need to soundproof my walls, and, that's coming out of your pocket, Mr. Landlord, because you signed off on these mm-hmm. decibels. Uh, another thing that we always encourage our Fit Body Bootcamp owners to do is to ask for TI, right, right in that letter of intent. Uh, TI is uh, tenant improvement. You'd be surprised how much build out the landlord is willing to do for you and take on that cost if you're willing to sign a lease that's agreeable for him or her, because maybe that, that, that Building has sat there empty for a while, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's you know he's just in a hurry to fill it up, and so he's willing to build that out to your specs, knowing that you know he could use it within a future gym if you decide to leave. So you don't always have to get a vanilla shell. That's what it's known as if it's just four walls and uh, four white walls and a concrete slab. That's not. You don't always have to get a vanilla shell. You can have them do a fair amount of. Uh, labor on your behalf, believe it or not, building out restrooms, flooring and all that stuff. And another one that's really big is, uh, and and there's several that we don't have time in this episode to go over an LOI. This is what we help our Fit Body Bootcamp franchisees with when they're signing a lease. But the other big one I wanna share here is the exclusivity Because it's one thing if you're in a strip mall of like, let's say there's 10, 15 shops and you're the only gym. And then all of a sudden a yoga facility comes down like five doors over and in between yoga sessions, they start running you know, barbell classes Mm -hmm. or boot camps or one-on-one personal training. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, you just let a competitor in. And so if you have an exclusivity for a type of fitness that you're gonna run, and the landlord signs off on that exclusivity, now a competing business can't come in or a business that's not, this happens often where it's a non-competing business that ends up offering a competing product You could always go, hey, Mr. Landlord, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Landlord, you signed off on this, so go do something about it. So lots of great benefits to really
1: getting that LOI right. Otherwise, it will come back and kind of bite you in the butt. Yeah, and specifically to your point B, it's really not only the LOI, which is kind of that napkin kind of agreement, you know, on an 8 by 11 you know, paper, but it's really that lease. Cause whatever it's that put in that lease is law. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really just driving that point home. And, and one thing, you know, inclusive of the TI, just to elaborate a little bit more, is, is rent abatement. You know, typically speaking, we like to yeah. negotiate at least three, if not, you know, six uh, months of free rent. One of my locations, I was able to get eight months of free rent. That's on the high end. And of course, it depends on your market and the timing. And, you know, there's a lot of factors at play. Um, yeah. Supply, if there's
0: a lot of supply of space, maybe the landlord's willing to give you several months of free rent. But if supply is low, then maybe they're not. But even then, they might be willing to say, look, you can come in at half the
1: rent the first Mm -hmm. two months and then full rent after that. But you'll never get it if you don't ask. If you don't ask, and another consideration is, you know, you touched upon this, but it's just the length of time, right? The length of lease. My first leases were three years, you know, didn't really, uh, it was my first time business, adventure, et cetera. Although by the grace of goodness and by the grace of Fit Body, actually, um, because of the franchise backing, I was a more kind of qualified, you know, landlord, mm-hmm. uh, tenant, because, you know, when I opened in 2012, you know, I put my life savings in this business and, you know, didn't have a track record of business and whatnot. So the landlord looked at me, thankfully, you know, I had the, the support of a franchise system like FitBody behind me, which made me more of an attractive candidate. So there's quite a few things, you know, that go into the, the LOI, the lease negotiation, the bill out, the TI, the rent abatement, um, that are very important to look through. And really, you know, the, the last point, there is making sure that your attorney reviews all this. And, you know, as I mentioned before, the LOI is that kind of, you know, written agreement per se, but really the lease itself is, is law. Uh, so making sure that, you know, you cross all the T's, dot all the I's. And, uh, you know, again, that's the value of, of a franchise system being able to kind of support you through that process uh, versus going out alone. So, you know, that would be uh, the next step. The, the other one, uh, the step number four that I want to uh, touch on with you, B, is, is the permitting. Yeah. And um, every city's a little bit different. I'll kind of give an overview, but I want to kind of hear your insights as well. But, um, you know, typically cities are looking, their biggest thing is parking, like traffic flow, you know, parking, in, or is there gonna be ample parking? Or are you gonna be, you know, causing major disruptions in traffic flow? Uh, so that's a big one. Also to the point that you just mentioned noise. Um, so, you know, depending on where you live, and, and as I mentioned in an earlier episode, I've scaled five locations. Uh, two of the cities were actually really easy to play ball with. Uh, Anaheim, actually, um, you know, and, and your Belinda, pretty straightforward. Um, but I had another city in Mission Viejo. I kind of had to go through the ringer, had to go through, you know, different, uh, council, uh, city halls and council meetings. Um, you know, there was someone that was potentially complaining that their fitness facility was coming in. So there's some variances there. Um, but you know, in, in order to to make sure that you launch in good fashion, um, you need to go through the proper sitting permitting process, which of course, you know, uh, with a, a franchise system like Fit Body, we can help you with. Yeah, that's exactly right. And where
0: city permitting is concerned too, is sometimes the city will ask you for a uh, CUP, conditional use permit. Yep. And that's because as Bryce said, you you're coming in as a gym and it's sad to say, but even here we are in 2021, and they think of your boutique group training gym or personal training gym as a big box gym that's gonna you know take up all these parking spots and create congestion in the parking lot. And so yep. they go, hey, before you can open up, we are going to do a you know ask for a conditional use permit, which means we're gonna there might be a delay in opening up your doors because they need to do some check and balances to see if they can give you that conditional use permit to open up your gym. So the one thing I highly recommend you add into your LOI, your letter of intent that should make it into your lease is should the city ask for a conditional use permit and if I get denied a conditional use permit that I can then exit out of my lease. Mm-hmm. Uh, how crappy is it that <laughs> if the city doesn't give you the green light to open up your gym, yet you're still locked into a lease, and you're like, I can't open up a gym here. And the landlord's like, not my problem. And so, again, you know, this is not me sitting here saying, and that's why you ought to have, you know, Fit Body Boot Camp gym. And um, the reality is you don't know what you don't know as a budding entrepreneur going into a fitness gym owning a fitness gym we've done this hundreds of times over and we know what's around the corner we can see around corners and so um, while we give this information to you for free we want you to use it whether it's you're creating your own brand of gym um, or you are buying into a competing franchise uh, that's all fine man we're abundant minded but we're here to tell you that if the other franchise that you're looking into isn't advising you on all this stuff um, and here we are giving it to you for free. You could only imagine the stuff that we give you and the way we support you when you're actually a Fit Body Bootcamp franchisee. So, just putting that out there, that that you know, conditional use permit from a city can get a little
1: hairy if eyes aren't dotted and T's aren't crossed. Yeah, totally. And, and last point on that too, and, and this is something that we provide coaching to our franchisees, and obviously giving you the coaching right here. Um, it also is a relationship, you know, game as well. And yeah. you know, what i found success, and not always. Again, every city is a little bit different. You know, from my personal experience, and also, you know, from the experience of hundreds of locations that we have. Um, but typically speaking, um, the process gets easier if you're active, if you're a you know, member of the Chamber of Commerce, if you've, you know, connected and built some relationships with the people at the city. Um, and that's actually what I did, even though I kind of got into a really challenging situation because a neighbor was really concerned about, you know, Jim kind of entering in. Uh, I made the effort and the attempt to really kind of, you know, not only, you know, build a relationship with the landlord of the building, um, but he had connections with the city, Chamber of Commerce. So, you know, had to go to the meetings and hearings, I knew some of the Council, mem- council members, um, so I was able to kind of pitch my case, and of course, you know, it worked out. But I had a lot, also a lot of coaching, you know, uh, w- with the franchise as well. So, you know, that's uh, step number four uh, as you kind of navigate this. Have your lease signed, city permitting, and really be, you know, the 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 last big step is making sure that you launch in spectacular fashion. So- yeah. I mean,
0: who who wants to open up a gym? So let's say you did it all right. You found the, you know, you did the territory demographics, and you you kind of got all the traffic patterns and flows. And you got the right avatar, you found exactly the spot to plant your roots for your gym, and you built it out just right, you signed the lease just so, the city gave you the green light, but then you open up your doors, and thinking, if I build it, they will come and here's what happens when you build it, they do not
1: come. They do not come. Great movie. What's it? Fill the dreams. Mm-hmm. Great movie and I think great messaging but horrible advice. At least in, in the entrepreneurial world. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Just because you build it, they will not come. Yeah. You have to basically have an incredible prog- product but more than that, you have an incredible marketing and uh, that's what uh, B and I want to tee up now which is really the last step which is basically getting your program off the ground. So if everybody Camp. What we have is called a launch program, which is really a grand opening campaign, um, and we're going to shoot another video, kind of detailing that out. But uh, it's a 12 weeks, you know, program that starts, you know, 12 weeks before you actually launch. So before that you we- open your doors. Before you open your doors. Yeah. So if you're
0: thinking of like, all right, now how do I get people in? Now that I've opened my doors, you are already behind the eight ball because Whoa. nobody wants to eat at an empty restaurant. Nobody wants to work out at an empty gym, and so if you open your doors and there's not like this like excitement and people talking about it in local media and 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 press releases and you've got you know as Bryce is going to share our launch metrics with you um, dude you are gonna
1: fizzle your way to struggling success if you even get there yeah and and there's also another thing in sports we kind of talk about momentum is real right um, so you know not only is it really important to kind of launch but that when you launch in really strong fashion you actually create momentum like overcoming that inertia the opposite is also true you know mm-hmm. if you don't and to your point if you know no one likes to eat at an empty restaurant if you launch your gym and you don't have any clients there as crickets you're just feel, uh, facing a lot of inertia and it's just it's harder and harder and harder. So it's absolutely mission critical that you, know, you plan out a, a grand, strong grand opening campaign, just like we have for our franchisees. Our um, starts 12 weeks before your doors open. The first eight weeks is a lead generation campaign. We're basically extracting leads from your community, uh, making an offer, kind of announcing that we're opening, but you know we want your name, phone number, and email. And then we take them through a sequence where we kind of build up uh, just really the excitement for the program. And within two weeks before uh, your doors open, uh, you're filling your bootcamp. And, you know, what we like to see, kind of our standard success here at Fitbody Bootcamp Bootcamp, um, you know, uh, is at the minimum 500 leads, um, you know, that you've extracted from your community and in anticipation on your email list, on your texting uh, list, so that way they're aware that your program's about to start, um, which, you know, is a formulaic approach to extracting at least 100 challengers um, out of that 500 lead, you know, candidate poll. And if you do that correctly, um, you're extracting about $13,000 of revenue just to open the door, uh, but of course, if you convert those challengers uh, in the grand opening program at a 70% clip, which we just shot in a different episode, which is our standard, I mean, you're getting the doors open um, with uh, $10,000 EFT. And EFT stands for electronic uh, funds transfer, meaning you have a $10,000 recurring revenue to start your business. And that's yeah. really our formula for success.
0: Yeah. And, and, and for many, you know, uh, 2,500 to 3,500 square foot gyms like that, That that ten twelve thousand dollar a month in recurring fee, that first ten twelve thousand dollar a month in recurring fee, kind of already has you that break even point, yeah, or close to it, and and again, it's form a lake. How cool to be able to open your doors and have, you know, a hundred. Actually, why don't we share those numbers,
1: yeah, Um, you know, of our most three recent um, launch programs that we did. Yeah. So a few that I have uh, just, you know, on our metrics here, uh, two dear friends, Shereen and Sean uh, in the Midwest, uh, they were actually able to extract 1,034 leads. Our metric 500 is baseline. They doubled that and then launched with 104 challengers, you know, in the mix. Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie, uh, you know, also in the Midwest. And that's it.
0: I should just say that's at $99, right? 99 the the challengers, um, the price point is twenty
1: times six, so one hundred and twenty for the program. Oh, one hundred and twenty yeah, yeah. per challenger. Per challenger, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. we do weekly payments over the that's six right. weeks. So, that's right. Um, so that's that front end revenue, right? Mm-hmm. And then we talked about kind of the EFT is you know the conversion of those challengers into longer term members. Uh, Mackenzie, uh, you know, kind of in a similar area, uh, was able to extract one thousand 100, one hundred and fifty leads from her community, which she converted one hundred and seven challengers. Um, you know which is incredible fashion, really just streamlined her success to start that location. And uh, a really cool story, which uh, a gentleman named AJ Pope, who I actually have on the podcast, we'll have to link there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out his episode, like really, really put together young guy and holy smokes, in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of the summer of 2020, he his, his doors opened, I think, September 1st. So the launch program was kind of started in mid July, et cetera, yeah. I was able to extract 600 leads and converted 94, challengers in the middle of the craziest time for the gym industry. And now fast forward about six months later, he has, you know, over 200 clients, just a thriving gym looking at a second location. So just incredible. Yeah. And, And so
0: that's really what we want to be able to share with you here, because in securing a location, there's a lot of things that come to mind like the landlord the broker the city uh the construction like we we didn't even go into talking about the construction and the build out Mm -hmm. right (coughs) excuse me but then you got to think about as my doors open how do i open with 50 60 100 150
1: Paying clients, well, you know, that's the launch program. and that, So that's what we do. So why don't wrap it up? Yeah, so this is high level and to your point B, I mean, we can kind of, you know, even go more granular. So if you're liking what you're hearing, you know, reach out and we can actually, you know, continue to create more content specific to what your needs are. But uh, this just gives you a high level approach of securing location, which is everything for the brick and mortar business to kind of get your program off to start. So, you know, with all that said, uh, I know you got a ton of value today and as always go ahead and give us a like, a subscribe on YouTube and write us an Awesome review on iTunes, assuming you got value, so that way we can keep sharing this message for free uh, to impact more lives and inspire more fitness entrepreneurs. Indeed.